0: Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Twin Cities by Night and our third story arc, Dread. Dread is set in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul in the hot and humid summer of 2011. Join us again and continue to follow the journey of Katow, played by Quinn, and William, played by Slavic, as they continue to traverse the dark society held within the Twin Cities. They'll be joined by three new kindred, Warren, a Tremere, played by Adam, Valentine, a Nasiradu, played by Alex, and Lenny, a Nasiradu, played by Andrew. The quarter will find themselves joined together by a sense of dread. If you'd like to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at Twin underscore Cities underscore VTM or Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Warren, we're going to cut to you, but first I want to explain for those of you who may not remember about the chantry that the Tremere have. Now, in Twin Cities by night, the Tremere chantry isn't like a Hogwarts. It isn't like some like mysterious building that like is off on top of the mountain where like people practice alchemy or anything like that. And for those of you who don't remember, in the first story arc, actually William and Ophelia went to the Tremere chantry to try to see if they can get some information from Jenna, who's the whip of the Tremere clan. And the Tremere Chantry is pretty much this older house. It's well taken care of, but it is kind of on the campus of St. Catherine University and uh, St. Paul. And it's basically like this house that I don't know if anyone's ever seen, but like sometimes people have these bigger, older houses where they'll kind of like make some of the rooms, like mini apartments kind of, and people will get like kind of rent a room apartment from there. So this house is about like a five, six room house that's kind of well taken care of, but it was built in the later 19th century, like when 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 St. Paul was first becoming a town and first becoming a city. And, and it's kind of like been. It fits very well in on the campus of St. Catherine with other houses that are used as like frat houses or whatever to that extent, you know, like has this yard that's very like tranquil yard. It's, it's like maybe a quarter of an acre and it has like this like kind of hills, a couple of little small hills that are in the front, you know, and there's like a this gas lantern light that's on the in the front on top of one of these little small hills where when it snows during the winter and the whole yard is full of snow and there's just the sidewalk that leads up to it from the street is shoveled, it really like radiates this light that this that this lantern, you know, this lamp gives onto the snow. But currently with it being about summertime, right now it has this very lush green grass that's in the front. And the in the front of this house, it's painted white and it's really well up kept. And it's almost like the architecture style is almost like has that Greek architecture style, you know, like the slight Victorian where it has like the pillars that are on the front. On You know what I mean? That kind of hold like the porch overhead of the porch open. It has like these double doors, but it doesn't look any different than any other house here. It's not like someone will drive by and they'll be like, oh, this house looks different than anything else. It sticks out sore thumb. It's actually rather camouflaged in this quaint neighborhood that's outside of St. Catherine University. Because mind you, St. Catherine isn't like a university that's known like the University of Minnesota or anything like that for partying or anything. It's actually like a Catholic college. So like a lot of the kids that go to school here aren't really quite the partying type, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of has quieter evenings, doesn't bring on much attention. And there's this odd dichotomy between the residents of this chantry because currently there are only two tremere who actually reside in the chantry and that is the tremere primogen cynthia and then the person who currently watches over the tremere chantry warren warren before we continue on i want you to describe like your quarters within this chantry
1: like what would your quarters look like where he resides they'd be fairly sparse overall um a simple bed Maybe like a single. Um, He's not particularly tall, so that would fit him. A dresser, you know, with his various shirts, you know, various uh, sort of undercover outfits as well in there for when he's out investigating. Um, He'll have a closet with just a suit rack in there, like suit after suit after suit tailored for him. Maybe a bookshelf with some investigative books, you know, modern investigative techniques, that sort of thing along with, you know, maybe a family Bible from when he was a child, but not much else, at least not without Cynthia's permission.
0: What would you say Warren's day-to-day activities if he's not outside the Chantry doing anything, but like when he awakens, what does he do within the Chantry? Mind you again, for those of you listening or watching, you know, this chantry isn't one with this like magical laboratories or anything like that. Like Cynthia has her privacy in her own room and Warren's more responsible for like the security currently of the chantry. What would you say his day-to-day activities are?
1: Day-to-day, he probably just does the rounds of the chantry, making sure that, you know, the window locks are in place. Everything is screwed down tight. No signs that anyone was trying to break in. He probably has some specialized equipment to check for bugs, that sort of thing. He'll go through all the various security cameras and other measures that are in place, You know, review footage, make sure that nothing sketchy happened during the day or before he woke up or after he went to sleep in the evening or early morning.
0: One evening when you awaken...
1: And you start, you know, I would say you spend about two, three hours doing your, your
0: evening routine. It probably comes across very monotonous, too. It just, like, you know, repeats itself over and over again. Kind of like you just see, like, this montage of, like, Warren checking windows, checking security footage, checking this, not seeing anything. And, like, him doing this over and over. You know what I mean? Night upon night, unless he has to leave for some reason. But he does it loyally, right? Like, what, what goes on in Warren's head
1: when he does this, I guess,
0: when he goes through these 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 steps every evening?
1: A lot of the time he's just operating on rote. You know, this is what he does. So he goes through his mental checklist, ticks off every point, and then double checks himself to make sure he didn't miss anything so that he doesn't get in trouble with Cynthia. And then if anything does pique his interest, he might review it, think of three or four alternate explanations for it, give it a closer look, decide on an explanation, and then move forward with that explanation. He doesn't really have a lot of uh, personal thought in his head except for maybe briefly after he wakes up and as he gets himself dressed and ready.
2: What goes
0: on when he wakes up, like, personal thought, when he gets himself dressed and ready? Is it, like, any kind of, is it just just random thoughts, or is there anything particular, like, that goes through his head?
1: A lot of it would be random thoughts, um, a fair bit of reminiscing about his childhood, his history, his experiences in life, and an undeath. He might think about his uh, old wife or his kids here and there, wondering, you know, how they turned out what happened to them in the long run does he feel guilt to this day because of like you know having
0: that fling with Cynthia before he was embraced and everything and thus that being the reason why they left him
1: he does he regrets that fling but he doesn't regret that fling he's kind oh, of yeah, torn about it
0: yeah, because I would see it like like in the fact that A, obviously, you regret it for your wife and w- the broken heart, but B, with you being two steps bound to the Tremere, you feel like it opened a door for a greater cause. I would think almost like there was some good that came out of this 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 jacked up fling that you had. You know, like like something in the end, good came from it. You know what I mean? But yeah. it was all. But it, I would say like almost this probably is a reminder because you're like literally like perfect strangers with someone who's living in this house. You went from someone being emotionally and physically tied to someone. And now you guys are like strangers where like you can go like a week or two or three without even speaking to each other, seeing each other. Would I be correct in that? Yes. One night when you're done going about your, your movements and your, and your steps and your routine, you come back walking back into your room And sitting on your bed, you see the figure of Jenna. And for those of you who don't remember, Jenna is the Tremere Whip. And she is about five foot six, rather slender, not voluptuous, very voluptuous at all. She wears like jeans and she kind of wears like, I don't want to say eccentric but she wears like clothes that were in the fashion of like the late nineties, early two thousands, but not like she's stuck in that time. And I don't want to say like t-shirts or like jingle pants, but I'm saying like, she'll wear like jeans and like a sparkly sweater. You know what I mean? Or, or she'll kind of dress almost like she's maturing in a way, but she's trying to grasp onto her youth and like that childish naiveness she had. But you know, Warren, that, she has grown a lot in the fact that she has a lot of responsibility and that she's pretty much the face of the Tremere clan and the twin cities at the moment she has very like pale milky skin not because of a loss of humanity as such but more because she was just kind of had the nordic german norwegian features blood that a lot of people who live in the twin cities had but she has like this blonde hair that is kind of cut shorter but like a little spiky you know has spikiness and she has like these very faded freckles that are along the bridge of her nose a little bit and these very piercing gray eyes she sits there she's sitting on the edge of your bed looking at you when you come in your room and open the door you're kind of caught off guard for a little bit but she kind of like stands up and she comes and you find that she's I, well, you can explain this to me. She's, she tries to be warm towards you. Right. Because, and you know this and you've, you know, you're an adult and you're, you're, you know what I mean? You're, 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 you're wise enough to realize that like, she's trying to make up for the callousness and the coldness that you get from Cynthia. You know what I mean? And she's trying to like, give you, I guess, like caring in a way that you don't receive from your sire. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she comes up to you. and She gently puts like her hand on your shoulder She's like Warren. Warren, please sit sit down. I I need to have a talk with you.
1: Warren will flinch a little when she puts her hand on his shoulder, uh, and then he'll recover, take a moment. Oh, okay. What what do we need to talk about?
0: Kind of like sits on the bed. And you can see when you flinch, she gets this like look on her face, like a like she's disturbed by that. You're not at you, but you know what I mean. Like she's. She, a part of her does not like seeing that reaction from you. Not that she's angry at you, but it just kind of disturbs her a little bit, seeing that. She goes and sits on your bed. She kind of like gently play, play, pats the, the spot next to her on the bed. She's like, here, here, sit down.
1: He'll sit out the, at the foot of the bed, not next to her.
0: Warren, I've been talking to Cynthia lately, and I can't help but feel empathetic about you being stuck in here. I feel like every time that I see you, that you're almost like this robot that's just stuck in the same movement every day, and
1: but that's my job.
0: Well, yes, it is part of your job. But I think there's a whole different aspect of your job, or actually more responsibilities you should probably have. I things are getting crazy in the city, and sometimes I don't think Cynthia has the perception to pick that up. Sometimes Cynthia is a tragic figure, just like you are, Warren. But I think I've gotten through to her. I've been out there I've been out here in the city interacting with kindred and I've been trying to build relations for our clan and I was in the process of doing that with this member of the Toridor clan her name was Ophelia, and you and when she says her name was Ophelia, you have this memory of watching William and Ophelia going into the chantry with Jenna in one of the studies and talking like you saw this grainy black and white you know what I mean? Footage of it as you're watching in this monitor room as they were talking you actually have a recording of the conversation and everything too I was trying to broker a relationship with Ophelia and her quarterie because they were looking into a gentleman named Roman Duncern and he is someone who works for A kindred who's in the city named rita giovanni and you know when she says rita giovanni you're able to in the in your head remember and from the prelude session that we had where something happened with cynthia dealing with the giovanni somehow and you know that there's some angst between the two but you've never been able to figure it out you know i mean i don't know if you remember that from the character creation session that we had Mm -hmm. so i was in the middle of brokering a relationship between us two and, and their group and and we'd offer our services to help but yesterday evening, there came news that Ophelia has met final death and that another member of that quartery, adventure named Jonathan, is missing. And that's now three kindred in the city who have now disappeared in the span of two weeks. When we went from no kindred disappearing in the city for the last 50 years to now three in the last two weeks. So I'm sure that you can see where this is kind of crazy times at the moment. And I don't think that I am capable of doing for our clan what needs to be done at this moment.
1: So who am I being loaned out to?
0: You're being loaned out to the two survivors of this quartery, the two people left. One is named Katau, he's, he's the gangrel whip for the clan now. One of two gangrel that are actually in the city. And another one's a venture named William.
1: Are they paying you for me or are they paying Cynthia for me?
0: We're not looking at like they're paying us. We're looking at we are offering your services so that we can you can get information for us on a but couple Cynthia things. won't like that. I convinced Cynthia that this is the best move. And to be honest with you, Warren, I think if you're successful, I really do think if you're successful in doing this, Cynthia may change her outlook on you.
1: I don't know about that.
0: I understand. There's a lot of reason why you probably feel that way. And you may be right, but what would it hurt? This a lot. Is for the... I'm so sorry that all that happened to you. You know what Warren. she does to me. I know. I understand. And I'm trying to stop that. And I've been trying to stop that. I don't agree with it whatsoever. And I'm sorry that you have to go through that while I sit here and I get to go out amongst our kind in the city. But I'll tell you what, Warren, this will help the clan also. This will help our strength in the city. And we need that right now. You have the skill set that can help us find out information about what's going on with Rom- Roman Dunster and Rio Giovanni. What happened to that Toyador? What happened to the Ventru? And what is going on in the city right now that is causing all this? Because I'm not going to lie right now, Warren. I feel helpless. And I think that if we don't get to the bottom of this, Cynthia is going to even feel more helpless. And I don't know what she's capable of if she really feels backed into a corner like that. There's so much going on right now, Warren. And we need you. Will you do this for us?
1: Okay. I'll do it. I don't have much of a choice, do I?
0: We all have choices, even though it feels like we don't, Warren. No, I don't. And you see that when you say, no, you don't, you see like her lips get straight and you know, like she can't think of anything to say, you know what I mean? She doesn't know what to say. And she just kind of like tries to warmly smile at you and she gets up. I'm in the process of setting up a meeting. Matter of fact, uh, probably within the next hour. Would you like to come with me? Okay. And she kind of opens the door to your room. And as you both step out, you know, waiting for you to walk by.
1: He'll show her out. I need to change. Okay.
0: Okay. And she closes the door and waits outside your room. There's like this little circular foray. You know what I mean? That the front door is connected to. And there's like this stairwell that kind of goes up and will curve to like the top floor. And that's where like Cynthia, you know, stays at. And she closes the door and she waits out there for you. What are you doing?
1: Okay. Um, Warren will uh, put on something casual instead of his usual suit. Something that will just let him blend into a random group of people on the street if need be. And then he'll come out of his room.
0: All right. As you open the door, you see uh, Jenna sitting in this like kind of like like older kind of chair that has like it's made of wood, but it has like cushioning on the back end, you know, and and on the seat. And it's against the wall, like next to this little foray table that has like a vase with some plants on there. And, you you know, like the floor of this uh, foray has like has like wood, you know, like it's real wood floor and it has like this maroon kind of circular carpet where in the middle of the forays there's a circular table that kind of has like more plants that are sitting in there you know it's kind of like a really decorative you see on the wall there's kind of some older paintings that are on there you actually some your checks when you check you like straighten them out a little bit you know as you do your evening checks and she stands up and she kind of like motions towards the door with you and as you're walking with her towards the door you happen to look up and you see on the railing of the of the steps on the second floor you see the figure of cynthia looking down at her at you and you see she kind of has like this gray like longer skirt like wool skirt on and these like brown loafers and she has like a this this like darker blacker sweater that she's wearing a long sleeve sweater and you see like her her hands are on the railings as she's looking down and she has this like very cold look on her face but she has this really long like brown hair that's parted in the middle that that goes down and it kind of goes behind her ears and she has like these italian features like these brown rich brown eyes and her face has this very very light like light butterscotch kind of color to it but it's kind of faded like, like the sun has beat down upon it and you see she has this like just emotionless look as she's looking right at you as you look up and then Jenna kind of like opens a door and you see Jenna just looks up at her and then looks back outside and motions for you to step outside.
1: The moment Warren sees her, he'll sort of shrink into himself a little and he'll hesitate before stepping outside.
0: Go go ahead. It's alright. Let's go.
1: He'll step outside.
0: Alright. So, Lenny... You come to the park where you are going to meet where you're gonna meet Elijah and Gerald and Valentine at and when you come upon the same bench that you guys had talked you and Gerald just had a talk at the evening before, you see Gerald is it's just Gerald that is sitting on the bench. And as he sees you kind of the figure of you kind of breaking through the darkness, stepping through the glass towards the park bench. He kind of stands up out of like a sign of respect, you know what I mean? And he kind of like motions for you to sit down next to him.
3: He'll um, give him a slight nod and uh, sit back, just kind of like in a relaxed kind of pose.
0: There's been a change of plans. I'm sorry to do this to you. But one of the abilities I think that makes us, you and I, who we are, is our, our abilities to improvise and to adapt to situations as they may change. Matter of fact, that's one of the traits that you hold that I'm most proud of, that you have. And I just want you to know that I see that and I appreciate it. Information came out that that, that changed our plans. Originally, we wanted you to bring Valentine to present him to the prince. But now, Elijah is. And it's not because of you, but it's because there are things happening right now in the city. And we feel that upper management should take care of introducing a new kindred at this moment. I told you how... Ophelia, that toreador, uh, is presumed dead and missing. Uh, and Jonathan is also missing. That venture. Now there are accusations that the Melkavians are behind this. We don't know what to take of this information, but we are hearing now that there are three Melkavians that are two about to be introduced into the city, which I told you about. And Elijah thought, with the accusations that are being flown around, that it's best that he brings Valentine to the prince. To present them, we're worried though because these accusations are coming from Ty Harper, the sheriff, and Ty Harper has not been happy. We can say since Kimberly Harris has introduced herself back into the city. So what does that mean for you? We think it's best at this moment that before we allow Valentine to introduce himself to the remnants of the quartery that maybe you broker, you kind of warm them up for lack of a better term. Rather than just introducing them this child to them and saying, have fun, that maybe you can reach out to them at your own timing and kind of let them know that soon a new member of our clan will be wanting to speak to them. I don't know if you see that as a better step. I myself do, because I think we can prepare if we can prepare them for what they're about to see. Then maybe it won't come across as abrasive as it possibly could if we just said, hey, oh, by the way, do you see my rationale behind that? He nods. So I trust your judgment you, to handle it in the way that you want to handle it. You can reach out in what way you want to. If you require my assistance, if you want me to reach out, I can do that too. But I don't want to step on your toes. You have your way of dealing with things, and I don't want to micromanage you. But if you do need me to reach out and broker an introduction, let me know. It's your call. Where can I find them. Well, I can give you – I know you can find – <clears throat> the primogen of the gangrel clan. She's been pretty heavy right now in trying to interact with others of our kind. So she can most likely either be found at the Hawthorne country club or at the underground Katrina Carrington's nightclub. And I'm sure she could broker a meeting between you and katal seeing that now he's the whip of the clan. When it comes to William, he resides in, these apartments and gives you you know apartment complex name i forgot the name that we gave williams apartment complex we have reason to believe that he resides there it's your call and on wh- on how you want to break it or i can reach out to annabelle the gangrel primogen or i can reach out to someone from the venture clan to broker uh introduction to william between us if you wish for me to go that route i am much rather reach out to Annabelle because I feel she'd be he, easier he to work with. He shakes
3: his head at him as he's saying, I can do this.
0: He nods his head. Understood. You know how to reach me? And he kind of stands up. And as he stands up, he turns around and looks at you, and he, like, reaches out his hand like he wants to shake your hand. I'll shake his hand. All right. And then he turns around and he walks off <laughs> with his hands in his pockets down, like, this this pathway, you know, that are that's at this park. What are you going to do?
3: So he said that... Um... The Gangrel Girl Primogen was at one of two places, right? The yep, country club and ha- where else?
0: Hawthorne Country Club and the underground. Hawthorne Country Club is where most uh, lithium things happen at. It's along the Mississippi River. It's like this golf course and has this country club and there's a section at night. And mind you, it's not like you're... <laughs> Kindred are drinking, you know, Vitae out of glass, decanter kind of thing. It's where you might find a handful, a couple of kindred there. They don't like hang out there, hang out there. But I've only been there once, but I remember. Yeah, you've only been there once, exactly. And usually if there's like, you know, an announcement, there'll be a, a good majority will go there, but that's it. And then you have the Underground, which is a club that Katrina Carrington, who is the Toyodor Primogen, has in downtown Minneapolis, where that is considered an Elysium too. And where some may go. I mean, I meant to tell you is because due to the dramatic loss that the gangrel clan has taken that Annabelle right now, who is primogen is finding herself going into these trying to broker relationships right now, because you got to think like they went from Melcavians went from the clan that was dead in the water to like, now the gangrel are, you know? So like the power has shifted and she's desperate right now to try to like, well, not desperate. You didn't say that, but you know what I mean? She's definitely trying to broker relations at the moment.
3: So the, the one that, uh, least appeals to him is going to this uh, country club um but it's also the closest one to where he's at right now easiest for him to get to okay. and he feels most likely to for her to be there so he's going to just head that way
0: so how how does lenny travel
3: lenny lenny walks or takes public transportation Completely invisible to people around him. He will stand at a bus stop where someone else is waiting and get on with them.
0: So he could just kind of like rides in the background of these buses, right? Just curi- out of curiosity, what obfuscate powers is has that? Is that? Three?
3: Uh, to, to just be invisible to people?
0: Yeah. That's Unseen presence, right? Yeah, one and two. One and two. Okay. Oh, nice. So, And there's no role necessary to use this power unless you speak or attack or anything. So you can just kind of like mosey on. I like that. So uh, that's going to be yeah. interesting to. going to be an interesting thing to describe so we'll say that you can take like there's a there's obviously a transit system in minneapolis you know that i would say that there's a it's a short bus ride and like you go to you walk out of the pathway of this park you know like this pathway is kind of like made of it almost looks like like there's a bunch of different rocks that are kind of mixed with blacktop you know what i mean and it's kind of cuts its way through this park and there's random like lanterns so you kind of, like, know these pathways, like the back of your hands, almost like the lines of your palms. You you know where they lead to in these different park system. you know, where one will get you to this bus stop or one will get you to this spot, you know, not that they interconnect... Yeah city but you just know your way around here from nights of walking so you walk along this and you kind of just find yourself being the only one you can kind of hear some background noise you know because it kind of carries through the park or maybe a couple people at like a picnic table having a, like a six pack or something like that but not obnoxious this is usually kind of a genuine respected area you know of the city and as you walk along this path and you hear your foot crunching on on, on the pathway you eventually break through the park and to where you're along the side of one of these streets on a sidewalk then you see this, Bus stop, which is like, you know, it's like painted green and it has like this green bench you could sit on, but also behind it has like a little billboard thing with an overhead. And like on the billboard behind there, there's some random like flyers that are taped all over it for like local musical shows, like at the Second First Avenue Club or like local like coffee shops or or different services that provide like guitar lessons. It's all like taped and there's like layers of this that are on there. And you could kind of see like on the green paint of like the benches, like random things. that were carved with keys or initials or something to that extent and you see like there's this older lady who's just sitting there she looks like years of, of poverty have just like pushed her down more to where she can never climb out of the hole of poverty and like this transit system is her one way to connect and be able to accomplish things that she needs to in life it's about like eight or nine you know and you see that she's sitting on this Bench and she has like this the brown wool, like dress. You see like these orthopedic socks, you know what I mean? That are pulled up and these like cheap Walmart white shoes that are all scuffed up. And she's like, has like this short sleeve blouse, but you can see like the rolls of fat, like cover her elbows, you know, like, like their elbows are like simple or dimples. And she's holding this cane, and she's just sitting there patiently waiting for the bus to come. And you're standing there. What, like, what's going on? Like, what's going on in your head as you're standing waiting for the bus? And you know she can't see you. Like, what does that bring out in, and in, in Lenny when he knows he's able to walk amongst people like this, and and you can witness them at their most private? You know what I mean? Like, this lady thinks she's by herself right now. You know, does that bring out any feeling in Lenny? You
3: know, I'd I'd say that. Uh it's um it's his primary source of connection to people and so he gets kind of like a perverse kind of like uh you know it's like when you you ever sit down like in a a public place and people watch you know you're like maybe in like a food court of a mall and you're just watching people and they don't think anyone's looking at him and they just do some goofy shit you know it's kind of one of those those types of things where he's just kind of like you know this is this is how he kind of associates with most people is like silent observation you don't even know he's there
0: so you are standing there watching this. And eventually you kind of hear down the street, this bus coming and you see this bus, is the front of the bus. You can't make out the driver. You can just see that it's painted like gray and purple. And and you see it eventually coming and you see like the front has this real cheap, cheap like digital, like where it says what street's going to. And you see as it rolls and it slowly stops and you hear like the hydraulics of the brake and the tss- as like the train or the the bus stops and you see like the the name changes to whatever street that Hawthorne is within walking distance of the Hawthorne Country Club and you are as the doors open up and no one comes out and you see like this old lady like she gets up and she like kind of like leans her weight on the cane and you realize just like you weren't able to tell so much as she was sitting but you kind of see she's kind of rather obese and she's like trying to make her way up and she walks up slowly and she puts her hand on this on this steel stainless steel like can banister and she's like walking her way up the cane trying to make her way up these three steps and you just see like this older black guy is like driving the bus you just see him like for a second looks out the side of his eyes like annoyed and then he just kind of looks defeated again as he's just looking ahead at the street just waiting for her to get on and you feel you notice that like when you come behind her like instinctually, the bus driver knows not to close the door like after her, you know. And there's even comes a moment where your lumbering form comes up the steps, and you turn to go down the aisle. Like your elbows, like maybe within an inch of his arm, and you see instinctually, instinctively, he just kind of like shifts over, but he doesn't like, you know what I mean? Realize that there's a figure there, and then he sits right as you go, and you realize that you two are the only ones on the bus now, and the bus slowly you feel it start taking off from the curb and you feel it catching speed as it goes down the street. You're looking out of the window and you see just like random billboard signs of businesses kind of go by. And then eventually you see, again, it kind of goes to greener, a little bit more greener. And you see that there's like another like like street that kind of where like the, the businesses are starting to end and it's kind of going back into more of the park area. And then the bus pulls over to a similar looking bus stop and, the, and you see it stop. And you walk and you really, and and like the bus driver doesn't even look at you. And you go and stand by the door and you see him instinctively reach out and open, you know what I mean? The the door. And you see, it opened it up and you walk out and it closes. And he didn't even look at you. He didn't even like do any of that shit or anything like that. There's no one waiting outside and he just takes off. And I would almost say that adds like a little, I don't know, like adds more to the people watching. Like it's almost like you feel like a sneaky peek. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like Like that.
3: He's like this uh uh this like unseen presence that's just moving through society without anyone realizing, you know, just liking the feel of just being invisible.
0: Yeah. And if for, and if anyone ever got that on a camera, all they would see is a lumbering form with a hood over its head. You know what I mean? Like mm. hands in its like Hoodie just walking out, and a bus driver letting him out. You know what I mean. So you step out onto the sidewalk, and you can see, as you step out onto the sidewalk of this bus stop, you can see that like it's just a comfortable enough distance from the country club to where the help, the people who work at the country club, can get dropped off there and walk maybe like half a mile to get there, and not have to have this bus pull up and ruin the the serenity. Yeah, the the experience of the of the country club. And so you start walking along the sidewalk. And you're going to the country club. And you know at this point that there's two entrances to the country club. There's the front entrance where like, like someone like – even like a towel could like roll up in his car and get out. And they know that at night there's people who are going to go and whatever. And they don't ask questions. You don't know if they work for the prince. You don't know any of this shit. You don't know any of the layout. But you also know there's another like entrance if kinder need to use it that they can go through like the kitchen area. You know what I mean? Where like the kitchens would normally be ran at and everything like that. I take it that's the entrance you'd want to go through to kind of keep with your, what you're doing at the moment.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'd say okay. so. He if he needs to, he can he can uh create a mask to disguise himself in case he comes across someone.
0: So you start you walk like you come up to you know, you're walking along the sidewalk and you come up to the front entrance of the Hawthorne Country Club, I've explained it before, but I'll explain it again, where there's like a circular drive and you can like drive your car and you can park and someone can like take it for you. Or on the left where you can't see where you're at now, you know, there's like a parking lot there, but you also know where the sidewalk kind of splits and leads to the front entrance. There's like another like path, smaller sidewalk that kind of goes down the slope and kind of goes along the side, you know what I mean? Where people who are, can't even see it out of windows, you know, and leads down and then it kind of comes up again to like this back entrance. And at this time, you can see like the golf courts. You can see at night at least the – you know what I mean? The rolling and you can see like kind of in the distance like the Mississippi River. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the the lights of the, the country club are kind of like reflecting off of it. And you're able to go around and you go into where the back kitchen area is. You actually see like there's some people who are like – it's like 9 or 10 at night and they're not like – cooking but they're prepping for the next day or they're cleaning and you see like they're wearing like these white pants and like you know like have the like the 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 overhead apron on and they don't notice you at all like you go walking right by them they're like dumping shit into the dumpster you're walking past again you have that weird well i don't know is that weird for you anymore but to me it's weird you know how like people are sidestepping and they don't even know you're what kind of walking through the kitchen You're able to walk through the kitchen, you walk through this, you come out of the kitchen of the stainless steel confines of the kitchen and you come into like this banquet hall. And, you know, in the banquet hall, it's completely empty now. Like, the chairs are put up, you know what I mean, on these circular tables. There's about eight of them. There's, like, a stage if someone wanted to give, like, a presentation or speak. Like, it could be used for, like, a wedding reception in a way. And, you know, that this isn't where the kindred meet. But, you know, like, you kind of walk through this banquet hall. And, you know, past the double doors that are on the left of the banquet hall, that's kind of where it's considered to be. You know what I mean? Where the kindred are going to reside. And it's usually, like, there's, like, this little library area. There's this area of like kind of like booths with circular table with these huge like clear wall windows that look at that see the mississippi river and the golf course and there's like a board room of sorts which you've never been in but you know like kind of like this like thousand square foot area of like these four different rooms is kind of where like kindred have been known to go and talk and you come through the 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 double doors of the banquet hall what are you what are you doing
3: i mean he's just going in and um
0: is he going to use? Is he going to keep like unseen presence, or is he going to like drop it? Is he going to use mask of a thousand faces, or what, what's his plan?
3: I'm going to wait until uh, I get right to the area where the kindred meet together, and then use a mask to just yeah. kind of, you know, hide his uh, true appearance. appearance. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's see. Mask of a thousand faces. Obfuscate.
3: It's a manipulation performance.
0: All right. Go ahead and roll it.
3: I have three successes.
0: Holy cow. He looks the way he wants to appear. All right. So just for those who are who and for my to refresh me, how does he appear when he uses mask of a thousand faces?
3: Uh, it's going to be different every time. So this particular time, he's going to appear um, at the like peak of his own life when he um, was embraced, you know, just like specimen of you know pure physical presence and uh relative attractiveness the chiseled features you know tall handsome kind of guy
0: so you utilize obfuscate and as you come walking and you see like like the area the lounge area and and you kind of see that there's really not quite to me there's there's only one person who's sitting in this area and it's annabelle Uh, Annabelle is the primogen for the gangrel clan. For those of you who don't know, she's kind of short, little heavier set, has like strawberry blonde hair that kind of goes to her shoulder, has freckles over her face. She's wearing like these brown corduroy pants. She has like a gray uh, hoodie, pullover hoodie that's on. And she has like like some just normal tennis shoes. Might look like cheap tennis shoes, nothing too fancy, you know? And you see she's staring out at the mississippi river through one of the through through one of these large picture windows this huge large picture window it's like 30 feet by 30 feet you know what i mean she has her hands in her hoodie and she's just kind of stand standing there staring out like she doesn't even notice you as you are in the room
3: i'm going to quietly walk up to within a few feet of her uh, like i don't want her to notice that I, until i speak to her
0: i'll say that you can do that go ahead
3: okay and once I get up close, I'll just say, it's beautiful, isn't it?
0: You see her quickly turn around and look at you. And you see for, like, a second when she looks at you, you see, like, the predator in her for a second. And then when she, like, you see, it, like, <laughs> like, a like a quick, like, sense of confusion. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She just looks like she's not quite sure how to interpret what's going on now. because She hasn't seen you in this form before. You know what I mean? So yeah. she's just kind of looking at you.
3: Sometimes I like to sit on a bench on the riverside and just look out at things overnight it's very peaceful
0: yeah yeah there's some of us who like to to look at the view from this room here i can't say that i've made your acquaintance though before
3: i hold my uh, hand out to her like to shake it and uh say lenny
0: she she for a second see her hand reaches out and she shakes it she's like oh gerald's friend
3: yeah you're annabelle right
0: yes 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 i am she see you see like when 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 this little interaction happens you see the confusion wash away but then you see like a whole new aspect of her come out that you didn't see you know what I mean so she kind of she kind of would you like to have a seat she kind of like motions like at, at like one of the booths like that surrounds a circular table that still has a view like you could look to your left and you'd be right at the window looking at the view there she like motions it motions for you to sit
3: I'll nod to her and uh, I'll move to this uh table but wait for her to sit.
0: She, she goes and sits across so, to where like the window's to her right, you know what I mean, to where the table's in between you guys. Thank you, thank you. Please sit down. He does. So, I can't say that I've ever seen you here before, Lenny.
3: I don't uh, like to poke my nose around in things too much.
0: I'd say that's a very good quality to have, especially with uh, current situations going on in the city.
3: Yeah, I've been hearing a little bit about that.
0: I'm not I mean... going to be surprised when when you come and when you tell me that you're here to speak to me about something involving that am i
3: he just kind of smiles wryly at her
0: you'd be surprised how many people who have never spoken to me in the last 30 years have all of a sudden taken an interest in me and i don't mean that as any kind of insult towards you
3: well i'll be blunt i was asked to reach out to you by uh gerald about what if i may ask well you're looking for friends aren't you
0: it seems like a lot of people in the city are looking for friends in me also. But yes, you could say definitely that I'm in need of friends at the moment.
3: Well, maybe we can be friends. I need to get in touch with one of yours.
0: The only one of mine. And I take it you mean Gitao, right? Yes. In what regards, may I ask?
3: Well, there's going to be a friend visiting out of town um another of Nosferatu and he has a very personal interest in things happening here and to kind of um smooth things out before he meets with Kaitao himself I'm to kind of give him a primer we don't you know, want you're the, getting off on the wrong foot
0: you know you're the first person to come here to ask to actually help out Katao and all this which is a good impression that you're leaving most people who come here and say they want to be my friend are offering protection that friendship brings. When would you like to speak to him?
3: Preferably sooner rather than later. I don't know how patient uh, this out of towner can be. So he's, he's um, going to be introduced to the prince soon. So while that's being sorted out, preferably I can talk to Kaitao.
0: Every clan seems to be growing here. Do you happen to know any gangrel who would like to relocate?
3: Like I said, I don't stick my nose into things too much.
0: <laughs> she smiles. I think that's a good answer right there. Okay. I will do that. Can you leave me a phone number so I can give it to him to contact you? Of course. Thank you. And she kind of, you see, she pulls out this notepad out of her hoodie pocket. And you're kind of like taken aback. by I don't want to say taken aback, but like, you know, you've seen a couple of primogen, right? <laughs> yeah. They seem so like, I don't want to say regal, but they do seem regal. And to see Suprimogen go, pull out a little, like, you know what I mean? No and Like, what's your phone number with the pen? Just seems, you're looking at that. I don't know what it brings out on you, but it seems very amateur hour with her doing this at this moment.
3: Lenny's just got a, like, basic flip phone. So, like, I don't care.
0: Yeah. So, she writes down your number, and she's like, I'll call him as soon as soon as we're done here. And I'll have him contact you, okay?
3: Yeah. And if you need anything, let us know.
0: Yes. I think we, yeah. I think. We'll see how your relationship goes with Katal and what he tells me. And if it goes good, maybe you, us and our families can have a relationship. Be good neighbors.
3: He just kind of nods quietly. I'll leave you to your reveries.
0: Thank you. And she just kind of like gets up, you know, and looks at you patiently. She wait, you don't have any for you to get up and kind of like walks off. And
3: I'll, I'll ex- extend a hand to shake hers before I leave and just say, um, have a good evening.
0: You too. You too, be careful out there. And she shakes her hand and she goes back and looks out the window.
2: Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts? Or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion? that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca via blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. (laughs) Coming. <laughs> the Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city?
1: On Masquerade
2: The Demon's Mirror thirteen candles three Chronicles running through the undead veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to EORPodcast. com and search the Duets tag to find out more.